when you're on a long run, you have to maintain a certain posture for a very, very long period of time. That requires strength. That requires stability in your upper body to be able to do that. Right. So that's what strength training helps to fortify. It helps to give you better raw materials to do what you already know how to do. And yeah. that's that's kind of like it, that parallels any athletic endeavor where strength training is not the top priority, if you will. It's, you know, improving performance. It's you're fortifying the body, giving it better raw materials to do what you're already good at. Welcome to the Maybe Running Will Help podcast, the show that explores the why of running for people who love to run. I'm Nikki Tamburino, also known on Instagram as One Classy Mother Runner. And today we're talking about strength training for runners with strength and conditioning coach, Dave Vargo. Don't forget to stay tuned after the show for a sneak peek at our next episode. But for now, let's welcome Dave. He's here to answer all our questions about an important part of training often neglected that can help reduce injuries and keep us running stronger and longer. Let's get started. Okay. Um, yeah, so this morning has already been like crazy, which I love. I love the craziness of life. Um, yeah. but I, I ran and then I did yoga and I'm like, oh my God, Dave I, is going to be like, I'm on all kinds of endorphins right now. So <laughs> just like, get ready. Like, this is, is this like, like, uh, uh, good endorphins or is this, uh, like kind of like your head's going to be everywhere endorphins. <laughs> oh, that's, I mean, it's all good. It's all, yeah, but it's, it's that too. It's, it's, it's both of it's, those things. They, they each have their benefits. I mean. I think I'm like usually like Dave's hands are going everywhere. And so that's yeah. how my brain is. And um, so just so you guys know, Dave, uh, we'll get an introduction to him, but he, um, we used to train together. He used to uh, train me for marathons. Dude, I just lost the questionnaire too. This is like freaking, hold on. All right, here we go. Anyway. Um, and so he knows how my brain works. And every day I would walk into the gym and he would be like, which Nikki are we working with today? Right. Yeah. yeah. I, I remember one time that you, I was trying to explain something and your head was all over the place this one day. And I'm trying to explain something. We're walking over to the piece <laughs> of equipment and you're like, I'm not listening to you anymore. Just so you know. <laughs> yes. Fair enough. <laughs> I try. <laughs> I didn't want you to waste your energy. Um, <laughs> But I also wanted you to know that whatever you said to me, I did not retain. And if it was important or a safety issue, you're going to have to repeat it. Fair enough. So, um, but you're great with uh, with that. I don't know how you do it because I'm sure uh, I was not the easiest to work with. And you probably get all kinds of um, different personalities. Um, so that's important in your job. To, you got to be like able to handle all that. And like, you know, I mean, Mental I can't imagine. <laughs> exactly. That's exactly what it is. And the other thing is like, I always think about, I mean, I guess I have to do it too. Like if, if I had hopped on this call with you and been in a bad mood, I'd have to like turn it on. But I think about like, like what you do. And like, if you're just in a bad mood one day and somebody like you, you're going to have to like, just switch gears and like, just like turn it on. Cause yeah. you know, which, you know, I don't know. I feel like that could be hard, harder some days than others. It's, it's a acquired <clears throat> skill. <laughs> Agreed. Agreed. All right. So let's um, get into a little bit about who you are and so that people know actually um, 
who I'm talking to today. So um, Dave Vargo works. Uh, he is a, I don't know what you want to call it, a fitness trainer, weight trainer at MedStar Health Strength Coach. Um, but yeah. Okay. So tell us a little bit about what that is, what your qualifications are and who you um, work with. Yeah. So I, I've been in the industry as a trainer and a coach in different settings for more than 10 years now. I'm a certified strength and conditioning specialist through the NSCA. And I also have a nutrition certification through Precision Nutrition. Uh, so that kind of hits both training and nutrition. And uh, in my years in the field, um, I've worked with clients slash athletes as young as 12, all the way up to 91. Wow. So shout out Pat Miller. Uh, pretty much everything in between. Differing goals, differing backgrounds, lifestyles. And uh, ever since I started with MedStar, it's been a blend of just adult clients. It's kind of one half adult clients uh, who just want to look, feel, and move better. And then who are also training for things like distance running and things like tactical games. Um, and then there's the other half, which is all of our high school athletes uh, right. and, and college athletes. Um, so from different high schools around uh, around this immediate area, Timonium, Baltimore, and then all of our college athletes come in, you know, usually during winter break and in the summer from all different D1 colleges across the country, 95% um, lacrosse. Um, okay. And yeah, so there's a couple other sports peppered in there, but like our bread and butter with the athletic popu population is definitely lacrosse. Um, and then I also work alongside Charm Steve Run to create educational content around why lifting heavy things is good for them. Yeah. Uh, and then we run quarterly strength camps, trying to make that a little bit more uh, consistent. Uh, that's just a good opportunity for me to get in front of local runners and you know, put them through a workout and let them know what a good workout should feel like and should look like so that they can go out and you know continue that process. Awesome. Well done. Well explained okay now who's your favorite who's, who's your favorite? favorite what's your favorite i'm gonna put you on the spot what's your favorite kind of i'm just kidding <laughs> i really want to but i already know i already know who your favorite is so we won't. who's um, my favorite tell me runners <laughs> duh come <laughs> back nikki <laughs> um all right now speaking of favorites uh tell us because I certainly have favorites and least favorite workouts. What's your favorite exercise or workout and then your least favorite? So uh, with favorite, I'm going to go with, I'm, it's, this is going to sound a little sadistic, but uh, I like pause squats. Uh, so it could be goblet. It could be barbell back squat, but just drop down to the very bottom position and then just hold that position for three very long seconds. Contemplate life. Think about what you're going to eat for dinner later and then come back up to the top. There's just something about when there's a weight dropping down into that position that feels really good, feels like it opens my hips up a little bit. So that might be it. Um, yeah. I might be a little bit crazy. Uh, and yeah, then, I mean, hold on, yeah. don't even go to your least favorite yet. I gotta get into this now. Oh, yeah. yeah, I mean, first of all, all of the stuff that you thought about in just a matter of three seconds, that's like, I mean, three seconds, it's crazy how long that feels when you're doing something like that, right? very very long three seconds and it's just like you know you're just kind of stick in the bottom position and then 
maintaining a good spizit, maintaining a good spine, and it just come very coming back up to the top. And uh, it just makes lighter squats feel or heavier squats feel easier when you go back to a normal tempo. So that's part right. of the reason. And you then gotta, I, yeah, do something harder to make other stuff feel easier. So yeah, we exactly. run, we run because it's hard to make the rest of life feel easier. I mean, there you totally go. Relatable. I love but, it. Okay. Also, what I want to say is like, does anybody ever say that any part of their upper body is a favorite workout? Like that is just like, like every, I feel like everybody loves legs. Everybody loves legs and lower body. Nobody freaking loves like, who is the like psychopath who is like, mm, you know what? Chin ups. They are my favorite. Do you that's, know anybody? Yeah, that's the opposite. I, usually, uh, well, I haven't been at a gym setting, like a commercial gym setting in a while, but like the running joke there is that everybody comes in, does upper body and then skips leg day. What? Yeah. Yeah. That's like a, a thing. Like maybe I, okay. changed, but. See, but that's like when you're in different worlds, like when you're in like, like I'm in the running community and like, so that's all I know. And like, right. so it's interesting to hear that there's people that actually like have strong upper bodies and like yeah, to do that stuff. That's more like the bro culture, I guess, you know, that kind of is bred from bodybuilding and, and uh, like just the commercial gym culture is, you know, bros don't let bros skip leg day. <laughs> okay. Um, All right. Yeah. So, All right. I mean, I'm, I was like, my first thought was like, oh, they probably like arms because they just want to like flex. Like, yeah, I mean, I, <laughs> dude, so my Chase, my son, he's um, eighth grade. And you know, you you worked out worked with Ava, who's 17, and she's um, you know, high school junior in high school. And and that's like, you know, they're all into working out. All of her friends, they're all like into the gym and like freaking, you know, push day, pool day, like leg day, like whatever. Well, it's so funny and cute. Chase is now like getting into it. And this is earlier than Ava got into it. Like she didn't get into it until probably this year. But you know, I think having older siblings siblings, you just like get into things earlier. But he is so freaking cute about it. Like, he's like, oh, can you see my veins? Like, oh, it worked out. Like, he's he's doing the weightlifting club after school. And nice. God, he's just so excited. And he did this thing where um, I guess, I don't know what it is. It's called a yo-yo. And there's like a string and a weight or something. And you roll uh, it up and then you let it go. For and like, forearms, yeah. For, for forearms. And I'm like, yeah. what? It, like, okay. So I guess big forearms was also like something guys like are, I don't know. He's all, he's. Yeah. But I'm so like, like, I like heard him telling me about it. I'm like, ow, that like freaking hurts my forearms right now. Yeah, we have those one of those up at the gym at USL, and uh, nobody uses it. You know, not surprisingly, but uh, hmm. yeah, with with lacrosse players, they need to have strong, uh, strong grip, strong wrists, and everything, especially if you're a face off. Yeah. So they, they that gets some use. But uh, it's funny because I had a client. <laughs> he was probably just like fresh out of high school, or maybe in his final year of high school. His only goal was to see the vein in his bicep. <laughs> that was cool. Like people, come, everybody comes. Yeah, I want to lose weight. You know, have all these deep reasons. I want to lose twenty pounds, or I want to. He came, comes in. He's like, I really just want to see this vein that uh -huh. runs right here. That's like uh -huh. my goal. Can you can you give me something that does that? I'm like, all right. I mean, sure. <laughs> I days. But right, exactly. <laughs> I mean, I think I feel like that happens. Like whoever you are, if you do bicep curls, your vein ends up like popping. Yeah. I don't know. Um, you know. But I guess it just you you just want it to like stay there. Like he I guess wants, there's a, he wants it to pop out, you know. Like like buy smaller shirts. Yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> like I can help you out, like here. Right. Um 
Okay. Well, that was fun. All right. What's your least favorite exercise? It's a cross between things that I make you do. So no surprise. Uh, rear foot elevated split squats. Dude, you guys, you guys freaking love that shit. You like love to like the things that you hate. They're like, ah, watch yeah. this. Yeah. Well, my favorite thing yeah. to say is like, I love giving these to you because it's not me doing it. Right. So Let's I wish see I how you do. Me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so those just, I, you got to take your medicine with those. I know that I need to do them, but, but they just suck. Um, yeah. and then my other one would be, uh, my second kind of one B would be RDLs. That's for a different reason. That's just because, you know, my hamstrings are tighter than a piano wire. So yeah. they just suck. Um, I go, I've got the range of motion of maybe like six inches, but again, it's, it's one of those things that I just need to do. I need to, to kind of loosen them up a little bit. So, uh, RDLs are on the menu, but I, I don't look forward to them. A rear deltoid lift. What is RDL? Is right? RDL, those, those are your hinges. So you yeah. got the bar and you're pushing your hips back and you kind of let it glide down for hamstrings. What, what did I just make up? Rear deltoid lift? Rear <laughs> <laughs> I think that's like going to be, that could be a game. Like let's, I'm going to give you some acronyms and you just try to guess yes. what they are. Okay, give me another one. Uh, let's go RFE. Uh, we're going to go rear front elevation. Close. Rear, rear foot elevated. That's basically what I was just talking about. Let's go. Uh, uh, We'll come back to that. Okay. okay. Yeah. 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 Now, I'm, now I'm like thinking about like, can I give you one? Like, do I right. know any? For somebody that like writes in acronyms all the time, I'm surprised I wasn't able to pull one right out of my right out of my pocket. But we'll come back to it. Well, that's because we gave like a specific like theme. Like we we text in acronyms constantly, but yeah, yeah we had we have like this theme, and now and of course when you're put on the spot, your mind just like goes blank. So yeah, that's like all normal. Um, <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, my least favorite is the freaking anything with my hamstrings, basically. I think that's pretty related. Okay. Oh, no. Oh, dude. Yeah, you're right. Go the, stir the pots. Yep. Dude, I forgot about stir the pot. I, I consider myself to have a pretty, like, you know, decent core. Like, I don't have a six pack, but like, I work my core. Yeah. I think maybe that is like the, a balance thing. Also, it like, I feel like a weird, like a just awkward. Yeah, that thing, yeah. No wonder you picked it. It's like probably fun to watch people do that. Yeah, I just that, put you right in the center, especially when college is in town. I'll just put you right in the middle. Just everybody watches you. Right, today, today we're doing stir the pots. And for people who don't know what this is, because I had no idea what it was, it's uh, um, freaking, is that called like an inflated, what's the ball called? A stability balance ball, stability ball. And then you like put your forearms on it and you basically go in a circle and it does not sound hard. It's a lot harder than it seems. And if anybody would love to send me a video of you doing that, I would really enjoy it. Um, okay. <laughs> okay. So let's get to runners. Did we cover who you are? Like, we're good, right? Do you feel like I mean, you're, do you feel like we it's really <laughs> right? Exactly. <laughs> Did we cover what we needed to cover here with the I basics so, of yeah. who you are? Okay. Um, all right, tell us why runners like need to incorporate strength training into their um, you know, weekly programs. Yeah, so this is a big question, right? Um, mm -hmm. And it, it really it really kind of, depending on like the athlete, depending on the goal, 
depending on the person standing in front of me, training to get stronger is going to have a place. It's it's going to have a place. There's going to be a hierarchy of reasons as to why they need to get stronger, why they need to, to strength train, right? For runners, the thing that jumps to the top of that hierarchy is injury reduction, almost at injury prevention. We don't want to say injury prevention because, you know, we've all heard the can't really prevent injuries. You can only reduce their likelihood. Um, but that's the big thing. I mean, we can talk about performance, you know, that's its own conversation, but really the biggest thing is, is trying to reduce injuries. And you're not just, when you strength train, you're not just strengthening muscle, right? You're strengthening the supporting cast, you're strengthening tendons, ligaments, mm. joints, all of these things that, that take a beating as your mileage ramps up, you need to be able to fortify those things in a way that running alone just doesn't have the ability to do. So, yeah, I mean, and what I've seen throughout my years in the field combined with really what the science says, you get stronger, you reduce your likelihood of, of getting hurt. Right. So, uh, and I mean, it's upper body is, is also like important. We do, we used to do full body sessions, right? So upper yeah. body, lower body, lower body is kind of, you know, uh, a no brainer, but upper body, like, why do I need to do upper body? What's important about that? You think about like the, when you're on a long run, you have to maintain a certain posture for a very, very long period of time that requires strength that requires stability in your upper body to be able to do that. Right. So that's what strength training helps to fortify. It helps to give you better raw materials to do what you already know how to do. And yeah. that's, that's kind of like it, that parallels any athletic endeavor where strength training is not the top priority, if you will, it's, you know, improving performance. It's you're fortifying the body, giving it better raw materials to do what you're already good at. Right. And so I, okay, this is not going to come as a surprise to you, but for the longest time I was like, I'm getting the strength I need for my lower body from running, right? So the only reason I was doing upper body was to match the muscle in my lower body. Like I was like, I just want to look good. Like that guy who wanted the vein in his arm. I was like, I just want to look good in a tank top. So like, that's the only reason I was doing upper body. But um, something interesting that I saw, because sometimes I'll do um, drills with uh, clients that I coach for running. And some of the drills that we do are, um, you know, you use your arms in running and people don't think about that, but there are drills that you can do that improve your speed. Like just like get, especially for like track runners or people running faster distances. Um, you know, they're actually like arm workouts for running that you can do. But, yeah. But yeah. to your, to your point, like, yeah, I mean, the full body, you need, you need, your running is a full body sport, whether you realize it or not. Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> all right. So, all right. So we need to incorporate it, but like how often would you recommend somebody incorporate it? And I'm sure it depends on things, but like, uh, I don't know, where would you start? Like at the base, like somebody, uh, I don't know, just starting to get into weight training. They've been running for a while, whatever. Yeah. And I mean, I can, I could say it depends, like little really quick side tangent. I can say it depends, it depends, it depends. And it does depend. But mm -hmm. when you hear somebody say it depends, then you have to say, okay, well, what does it depend on? Yep. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so, I, I mean, age, right? Uh, yeah. That's what well, I'm thinking ma mainly. Because like, yes. well, as you get older, you need more strength. For, for sure. Right. Yeah. And I could say more for me, like I could say it depends and then just move on. But yeah, it, it does depend. But 
how many times a week it depends on where you are in your running season so to speak like are you preparing for a run do you have a run you know coming up in you know eight weeks six weeks uh did you just finish uh a long run or a long competition Mm -hmm. um these are all questions like that you that you need to answer uh with regards to the intensity how many days a week like when can you prioritize strength training It's, it's just like any other off season right if you're in season with a team sport, you're not going to be lifting as intensely and with as much volume in season as you would when you're not actively playing. So there's going to be a certain point in time where as your running ramps up, your intensity needs to drop a little bit. Maybe you, you don't do as many sessions. Um, just to kind of answer your question from like a just a broad sense, I think at least two, regardless, yeah. at least two days a week you need to be doing like, and we did full body. If you're doing two two day a week full body, three day a week full body. If you go, if you're lucky enough to do four, then you can do like an upper lower split. Yeah. Um, but you just have to be careful again, like make sure that you keep the goal the goal, and that strength training doesn't interfere with your ability to perform. Because running yeah. for runners, it's here, right? That's yeah. the top. Strength training is going to fortify that, so make sure there's no interference. Um, yeah. But that should be, you should be able to get away with two days a week uh, at minimum when uh, when you're like preparing for a race, as long as you recover appropriately. Yeah, and, and I have a, a sort of follow-up question, but um, I'm before I get to that, I another one popped up that I didn't write down and I want to forget. So like with running, when you like stop running, like say for, I don't know, a week, you get sick or whatever, like when you stop training, like how long do you retain that strength? Like it, like what if you, uh, I don't know, like, like how consistent do you have to be? And like, does that question even make sense? No, no, I got you. Um, I actually had that in my notes too, because like, that's the beauty of, of, of building strength is it definitely takes some intensity and consistency to make strength gains. But once you, you work to, to gain strength, it sticks around. It sticks around okay. a lot longer than you would think. So it's hard to gain, but it's also hard to lose as long as you you, you maintain it well. Um, and I mean, just to kind of bleed into, into kind of like another like area, like over 30, over 40. I mean, really, as soon as you hit 30, your muscle mass and strength is going to start to drop every decade by at least 3 to 5%. Oof. Yeah, so it's important, if, if nothing else, to maintain your strength, you know, just so that we don't, you know, get weaker and put ourselves in a position to get hurt. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, looping back around, like it, it stays longer than you would think, like more than many other qualities, more than like absolute speed, more than uh, aerobic capacity. Really. That's what I was thinking, like cardio, freaking yeah. you lose a couple of days and you're like, oh. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. But I mean, anybody yeah. that's taken some time off from like lifting, if you've put some decent time in to get stronger and then you take a, you know, maybe like three weeks off, you come back, you're going to be sore. You're going to feel like, you know, you don't have your feet under you. And then it comes back very quick. It's a muscle memory, right? It's, it's, a yeah, it's motor programming. It's muscle memory, you know, all those things. It's all these neural adaptations, but it's also like it it's hardware and software, like software being like your neural adaptations and muscle memory, so to speak. Uh, And then your hardware is, did you build more muscle? Did you increase your tendon, ligament strength, all that stuff? That's your hardware. So both of those things, like they stick around longer than you would think. Um, 
Yeah. And so the, the reason that I was asking, like what made me think about it is because like, so if you're like, say you had just had a race and you're like coming off of your recovery and you don't have a race for a while, if you like up your frequency strength training, say mm -hmm. you're doing it three to four days a week, because running is now kind of like you're recovering from that and taking a break. Right. When you go back into that's going to benefit you going into the next training season. It's not like you're doing it for nothing. That's like going to build a good base yeah. when you start training yeah. again. Absolutely. Yeah. I yeah. mean, if you're, if you're taking that time off and you're taking it to ramp up your strength training, yeah, that's, that's going to stick around. Um, especially if like, even up to even in a week right before a big race, like you're doing something, Yeah, you know, that's the key. Like you don't have to drop it off completely. You need to be doing something at least, uh, even if it's dropping the weight, even if it's just going through the motions or going through the movement, so to speak, um, you're, keeping that that software program running you're keeping it fresh so that when it's time to ramp the intensity back up it's all there it's all ready to go and then you you don't have to start from square one again yeah you're, it's there right and and it's also that consistency piece it's like sometimes i want to like when people just start i want to be like you know what don't even run on the treadmill yet just wake up just wake up at 5 30 in the morning and get that started like start that routine. And then, you know what I mean? And so even if, like you said, you're not lifting as much, you're going down in intensity, just keep the like, keep the routine going. It's going to make it so much easier when you get back into it. Yeah. Keep that habit going. And I yeah. mean, you know, one of the things that I would say, like, and this, this is really applicable to like, if you take some time off and you're really struggling to kind of get back in the groove with, with getting back in the gym is just lower the stakes. Right. Lower the yep. stakes. Like, just don't, don't feel like you're going to need to light the world on fire. Just commit to the warm up. Go exactly. In, warm up only. Just go yeah. in, warm up. Yes. And chances are you're going to feel good. And you're going to be like, okay, well, maybe I'll do one set. Oh, exactly. okay, maybe yeah. I'll do two sets. And then by then you're good. Or yeah. maybe you go in and you you do the warm up and you're like, I feel like, I still feel like crap. Okay. But at you least still met you, your expectations. You set yourself up for success because you exactly. lowered the expectations. Right. Yeah. And you continue yeah. to ingrain the habit of going to the gym. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I, I, I think that's awesome because I otherwise you hate it, right? You end up hating it. You set yourself up for failure. And every time you go in there, you know, you're trying to go like max out and you, then that's just going to set you up to just like hate what you're doing. And you gotta, you gotta like it. You gotta love it. So, um, yep. well, you don't have to love it, but you gotta, it's good. <laughs> Let's not go too far here. But that's good. Yeah. Um, Okay, so what what days? This is this. Oh my god. Okay, this question just I don't know. It just bothers me wrapping my head around it. Like I know the answer, but I'm like, uh, okay. Here's the deal. What are the days that we should be weight training? Because say you have a schedule and you're doing hard runs, track, tempo, Tuesday, Thursday, something like that. Long run Saturday. That's pretty typical for most people. You're doing like a hard, you know, couple hard workouts. Tell us what days we should be doing lifting. So the, the biggest thing to look at with regards to your entire week is, is preserving your rest days. So you want to keep some kind of a rest day, right? You want your yeah. body to have some type of recovery, whether it's, I mean, it, I wouldn't count like a, a, a walk or like a long walk or anything as, as like a, as work. I, I would still count that as active recovery. But the point being like, you want to make sure that your body has some kind of downtime during the week. 
So that means you're going to be lifting on certain days that you're running. Mm-hmm. And and that's fine, right? You, you want to make sure that you condense the week so that you do have time to recover and you're not just constantly hammering your body with different stresses like day in, day out. So that's step one, like determine what your rest day or rest days are and just guard those and whatever you got to do to keep yourself busy during those rest days. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, and then, you know, as far as like what, when to do it, I mean, it depends on like what part of this, like how close to your race you are, right? I mean, if if you are like close to a race, then you want to make sure that, you know, running is going to take a front seat. Lifting is going to take a back seat. Okay. So again, it kind of goes back to the thing of like, don't make yourself, don't, don't impact your, your, your workouts. Don't impact your runs. Like if it's something that you're, you're going to go in, you're going to kill yourself in the gym and then it's going to, you know, your run's going to be terrible afterwards, then not smart. Right. Um, I think that, I think that the, uh, I got my I got my nicely printed notes here and I'm trying to find like exactly what I put down because it was very eloquent. Oh no. I mean, I remember one time <laughs> when we were training and like of course like I knew that I had to lift on the same days that I was doing like my track workout. Yeah. But I remember one day coming in and uh sleeping in and going to work out with you first before doing my run and you you're like I wouldn't, I wouldn't do that or something like that. And I was like, whatever, like I don't run all the time, shut up. And then like, I went out to the trail and I texted you like a mile in. I'm like, uh, I'm, I bailed. No, <laughs> like, I, my, I'm done. My legs aren't <laughs> like, so, I mean, as far in terms of like when to do it, you know, obviously if, if you're running and, and lifting on the same day, I think it's like, you want to run before you lift. Cause like you said, running is a priority. Or you want to like do one in the morning and one later in the day, like, but it depends on how close together they are. Right. I mean, right. Absolutely. Yeah. You want a little bit of space in there, depending on the intensity. So let's look at where you are in the season. Let's look at, you know, what kind of mileage you're putting in. If you're going from a two day a week, light intensity to you're ramping up the intensity and now you're focusing on strength, that's in the front seat. So you lift first and then you can do your run afterwards. For sure. Right? Yeah. And sense. then when you're closer to, to your competition, it flip flops, the intensity drops, running takes a front seat. So it's all a, kind of a dance between what you want to prioritize and which you can recover from. You know, yeah. Are you able to, are you able to like run after you lift or vice versa? Like does one affect the other? You know, you have to pay attention to your body and how you, how you react and how you recover to it and adjust. Yeah, you um, cannot run after Dave makes you do glute freaking. What, what are they on the, on the machine? What, the uh, glute, the, the, oh, is it the uh, the reverse the ver- yeah. reverse diapers with the pendulum, or was it something? Oh, dude, else? no, I like them. No, like it's the easiest thing ever that I don't know the name of because I'm such a scatterbrain. <laughs> Where I lay down on the bench and you put weights and I have to lift my heels up. Oh, uh, hamstring curls. <laughs> Duh. Okay. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Oh, okay. I got you. I'm just trying to like picture like all the torturous things that I had you do. If you ever think that I'm thinking something super complicated, just 
like <laughs> make it, it simple and yeah, take it down a couple of notches. And that's probably what I'm talking about. I have a way of making easy things super complicated. Yeah, I, I know. Yeah, same. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. And so this, I, I do have a, a few walker, walk runners. So they're in there like they'll, you know, it's like a walk run combo. In, in a situation like that, it, does it really matter where they're doing their weight training? Like, could they be doing like a walk run on a Monday, weight training on a Tuesday, walk run Wednesday, and like fitting in their weight training like that? Like, does that really matter? Or does it depend on what kind of running you're doing? Like, if you're competitively running and needing to nail your workouts, that's one thing. But if you're just literally trying to like run or not that they're not working hard because they are. That's why I wanted to ask. Because obviously their effort is as much as somebody who's, you know, at a different level. Yeah. But can they get away with lifting differently? Yeah. And you kind of nailed it with relative intensity. You yeah. Know, it's, you know, there's somebody that's uh, at a slower pace. They might be working as hard, if not harder, because their bodies are just not as efficient as, as uh, you know, higher level runners. So you have to take that into account, too. Um the, the the kind of the the trade-off there is if they're walking more than they're running then there's less joint stress mm -hmm. so that's that's also why that they they can typically like get away with um training a little bit more intensely uh and they're also they're also going to be uh not using very advanced uh not using very advanced variations Right, so they're they're going to be keeping things pretty simple when it comes to what they're doing in the gym. Mm -hmm. So they're not doing anything. They're not lifting super heavy. They're not going to be taxing their nervous system as much as somebody who is higher level. So they can typically get away with a little bit, uh, you know, a little bit more. Yeah, because what I'm thinking is like, and every client is different. So I kind of try to look at the client, their schedule, yeah. what else they have going on in their life. But I, but then I'm always like, oh, but the rule is like you work out the same day that you run. But I'm thinking about individual clients and I'm like, well, this person, one, is working super hard just to do their walk run. So I right. don't want to then put a lifting, mm -hmm. you know, program on top of that the same day. Right. So, yeah, like. And know. also, like, are they are they running with as much frequency? You know, you might be yeah. able to space them out a little bit more instead of doing a walk and a run in the same day. If, if they're not running five days a week or six days a week, then you could probably do it on separate days because they do have more opportunity for rest and recovery. Right, right, so right. Thing. Yeah, I mean, so that their training week is going to look a lot different than somebody who's got, who's trying to pack a lot more mileage in and you have less wiggle room. Um, mm -hmm. You can usually space those out a little bit more. Right. That way there's no interference. The runs aren't impacting the lifts and vice versa. Yeah. Cool. So. Okay. Um, and we touched a little bit on over 40, but uh, do you have any other like notes or comments about people that are like a little older, frequency? Um, and even going into my next question, which is weights or no weights, is like, does that make uh, a difference on, depending on age? Yeah, I mean, they're definitely related. I mean, if you have somebody who's brand new to strength training, you know, has never lifted or it's been a while since they've lifted, you don't need much intensity to make strength gains. That's the sure. beauty of it. Right? Yeah, yeah. 
you can you can make gains with just body weight, especially if you're older and you're just trying to maintain or you're just, you're trying to even really increase and, and prevent that muscle loss we were talking about. Body move that body weight movements will you know basic movements are going to be good for for a good while. Uh, at some point, once you get more advanced and you get stronger, you're going to need to progressively overload if you want to continue to make progress. Mm -hmm. um, so we'll need to use some type of external resistance, um, but you know once once they once they become more more advanced, then you can kind of cross that bridge. But like initially, yeah, it, as little as like forty percent of their perceived like one rep max is is enough to make progress. Um, and you don't need to get very complicated with it either. Just you know, squat, hinge, lunge, push, pull, like basic movement patterns, and you know, you, you don't have to go crazy heavy with them either. You know, like I said, like forty percent for somebody who's brand new or body weight stuff. You're going to feel a difference. You're going to see a difference. Um, once you get used to it, once you get stronger, then you could start to add variation and kind of get uh, get more uh, fresh with the types of, of variations that you put in there. Yeah. And then you need to start to add some weight so that you can continue to, to overload the system. Okay. What are you talking about? 40% of what? 40% of what? Yeah. 40% of like what they're, so it's really just kind of like whatever their one rep max would be. Not that you're testing one rep maxes on, on everybody, but like okay. just the idea of using a very, very low resistance, like in 40% could be body weight for some people, right? The point is, you know, you are using very low intensity, but for somebody that's not used to strength training or is brand new to it. Yeah. You don't need very much of anything. <laughs> Dave, you know I'm freaking lost right now. Body weight, their body weight. You mean yeah. I'm gonna be like, what are you talking? Like, like 115 pounds. Like I'm not lifting that. No body weight, <laughs> meaning like you only using like your own body. <laughs> oh, like, like wait, what the? Not freak? putting a bar are... on your back then. <laughs> no, no, I'm no. like I'm not doing anything with 115 pounds no, no, on no. My, with myself. Yeah, like I would have somebody just. I would have a client that, uh, so for example, I had a client who was, uh, who was 65, had some, had some aches and pains here and there, but he moved relatively well and he was capable of doing everything, but he just hadn't lifted a weight in his life. So he's coming in and he's doing TRX supported split squats. He's doing body weight squats to a bench. He's yeah. doing push up, elevated push ups, TRX rows, like all of these things. Like there's really no external resistance there. You're yeah. just using your own body weight. Um, okay. And then, uh, and he made progress initially. Okay. Uh, so say somebody has like never used weights before and mm -hmm. they like tell me how like they would decide what weight to use like is it like how many reps you can like six reps if you can do six reps so that that's like a good weight for you like how do they get started yeah i mean i would suggest just generally speaking like in certain lifts lend themselves to higher weight lower reps but you know you always want to ingrain that motor pattern ingrain the muscle memory first so go okay. lighter on lighter. the weight uh -huh. and then just get the get formed down on whatever it is you're doing, work in a higher rep range, and then you, you can really make progress in any rep range, whether it's eight, 12, six to eight, 12 to 15, whatever rep range you wanna use. Um, and as far as like weight selection, you know, if you're going say, you know, middle of the road, eight to 12 reps, we wanna start light, make sure that everything looks good, make sure that nothing's hurting, nothing's, uh, you know, nothing, 
feels funny. And then after that, you you progressively increase the weight until you hit whatever number of reps you're trying to get to. Okay. It should be challenging if you for a brand new client, you don't want to go crazy on the first day because I want them to be able to like sit on the toilet the next day <laughs> um, without being in excruciating pain. So to be able to get off the toilet is the problem. You yeah. usually get down there. But... Right. It's a really long pause squat. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, it, it kind of goes along the lines of, of, you know, you don't need much to get a lot. Like the return is very great for, for very little, you know, effort put forward in the initial stages. So like if you're, if you're going to use resistance, it doesn't need to be much. You don't need to be doing, and this is what I'm going to tell Ava actually is, uh, if you are kind of diving headfirst into a program, you don't need to kill yourself with three or four sets, just two sets, mm. just to kind of get things going at first, get the movement down, leave a lot of reps in the tank. You're going to be more sore than you think that you're going to be because yeah. it's a novel stimulus. It's something that's brand new. Right. Anytime you have something that's new, even if you're an advanced lifter, you're going to be sore from it because your oh. body's not familiar. Dude, it's like you you can be like you can be so good at like one thing and you're like, oh, I'm so fit. And then you do it's like me and cycling. Like if I, I can go like I could run, you know, 20 miles, but you put me in like a 30 minute like RPM class or whatever. And I'm like dying. It's like I look like I've never worked out in my life. Yeah. You're like, what is this? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's humbling. It's like and then I, I go to you and I'm like freaking marathon runner take your best yeah. shot and i can't do like a push-up <laughs> but that's because you have some like freaking weird bat like form that like not allowed to do it on your knees and your arms can't be out wide like what like that is you a mean thing. the correct form <laughs> dave okay let me tell you what? something that on your knees is a type of push-up and also like I know you're the expert, but like also a chest press up, your elbows don't have to go back like you tell me to. That's not, that doesn't, that, that is the form. That's just not a thing. You're making up biomechanics now. You're making stuff up. <laughs> this is why I do not coach my clients on strength training. Um, Defer out. Tell me what's the difference? I mean, you can tell me your preference or what's the difference or whatever, or tell me it's not a thing. But uh, heavy or high rep, like what's the difference? Like, okay, so you know I'm like love body pump, right? Um, that's lightweight high rep. We're doing something for like a couple minutes. We're doing squats for like three or four minutes, lighter weight. Like how is that doing something different than say if I did like 12 squats at a heavy weight? Like what's, what's the difference? Yeah, I mean, you're working just a strength to just like absolute strength continuum to more of like an endurance continuum like at its most basic level right i mean if you want to get really strong and you want to improve like tendon tensile strength and ligament strength and all of those things and uh you want to you want to go light at first but you know once we get past that point you want to start working into heavier rep ranges like you know five reps six reps or less mm. um you want to get yeah, so you make sure that everything's proficient with the lift, then we need to start to stress the system. We need to start to work in those rep ranges to build strength. Um, having said that, you can get strong in any rep range. You can get strong, you know, at sets of 12 to 15, right? There's a, it's a spectrum, like it's, it's just this continuum and you need to, your body's going to adapt to whatever rep range you uh, subject it to. Right. Okay. Whatever range you work in, you're going to get better at that. But 
uh, as far as like maximal strength, I mean, you really, you should be working like in a, the five and under range to, to kind of build that aspect. Wow. Okay. Yeah. It depends on the lift too. Again, like I said, you know, certain lifts are more conducive to that rep range. Like think like compound lifts, like bench press, deadlift, um, uh, squats, you know, things that you can go typically heavy with and involve multiple joints. Um, they're very taxing on the nervous system, but, uh, you know, you, they're a little bit more conducive, um, just because you're using more of your body than, you know, who does a one rep max bicep curl. <laughs> I, think that's right. a, I think that was a thing at one point, but you know, what? Um, really? Yeah. Yeah, it was okay. like a, I think it's it's probably still around. It's called the strict curl. You have to have your back up against the wall and you use like an easy curl bar and it's crazy. It probably takes you like like a minute to like get it up and the then put it down. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Dude, that's um, crazy. And then but like isolation work, I usually will go heavier or go uh, higher reps. I'll go like eight to 12 or as many as 12 to, to 15 or more like with isolation work where you're just working on you know, quote unquote, one muscle there, you're never really working one muscle, but like if you're doing a bicep curl or like, uh, you know, like lateral raises, tricep press downs, quad, like leg extensions, all those things, like they're towards the end of the workout typically. And I'll usually hammer those with a little bit more, uh, uh, like a higher rep range. Okay. So, but like, it's not, it's not like necessarily like sculpting your body differently. Cause that's of course how my head goes. I'm like, I'm doing these lightweights for a longer time. So I'm going to get like tone and not like bulky. Yeah. And it's, so it's not, it's not really shaping our bodies any differently, but you will get stronger if you use the heavier weights, lower rep, basically. Did I get Absolutely, that right? Yeah. Okay. It's you're going to get stronger no matter what rep range, you, especially if you're brand new, like always go back to that. You get stronger no matter what. That's the beauty of being new to it. But if you're more advanced and you have to kind of dial in your rep ranges just a little bit more um, and just kind of work across that spectrum. So, I mean, if I, if I am uh, looking to to build more muscle then it's going to be more in like an eight to 12 or, or more rep range uh and then if i'm looking to build strength it's going to be lower typically speaking you can there's carryover like you can yeah. build muscle with low reps you can build strength with higher reps like it's not a all or nothing thing like there's carryover it's just what do you want to emphasize mm -hmm. like that's the key what am i emphasizing here is it strength or is it you know toning and it's like a quick word on toning, like you can't really shape a muscle, right? <laughs> you're just increasing or decreasing its size. Okay. And then your body fat percentage is what's going to let that muscle show. So that's what, that's what toning really is. It's, and I, I use toning. I'll, I'll use toning with, with, uh, I'll, I'll say toning just because, uh, I've kind of given up on like the fact <laughs> that that word's ever going to go away. Yeah. So now yeah. I just to to speak client but still to know your audience yeah yeah know your audience right you know your audience yeah, know your audience. yeah. You know, it's yeah. uh it's it's that whole uh um, speak client but still think trainer <laughs> um so yeah, yeah sure yeah. We'll, we'll tone but in, in my head i really know okay yeah you're you're gonna build muscle and drop body fat but we're just yeah. not gonna say that yeah right <laughs> i would say what i know you need to hear right now but i'm gonna give you what you need <laughs> and tell you what you want <laughs> yeah exactly Smart. Um, I had another thought, but you know, clearly it's it's already gone. So I'm back to my my agenda. Um, what a runner? What's our weakest muscle, runners? 
Um, so it's funny because like more just this is by pure anecdote, um, but more advanced runners typically tend to be uh, weaker in their hamstrings and glutes. Yep. Hell yeah. Uh, and stronger quads, right? So, I mean, you were able to, to do lunges and your split squats were, were pretty money. Um, but when I tried to get you on the hamstring curl, uh, I think I had to like, maybe like lift the plate up a little bit as you were curling. And then uh, we had to mute a couple videos. There were some choice words. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, and just hips and like glutes and hips in general, like lateral walks, hip thrusts, things like that. Just like the entire posterior chain, just because you know, it's what your body's adapted to. Yeah. Oh shit. You know what? Oh. Okay, what's fine? I can swear in this, but um, the awful, awful thing you had me do sitting on the floor and bringing my leg around. Oh, yeah. The, the hip, hip the, thing. Uh, seated hip rotation. Seated hip rotation. Our hips yeah, are the, not. Those great. are brutal. Yeah, dude. Yeah. And those mine are, are different. Like, cramping hips. No, yeah, the cramping. Oof. Yeah. Should probably start doing them again. Yeah. So just, uh, yeah, just in general, like that's what I've seen. Yeah. Hamstrings, glutes, uh, you know, tend to be weak spots. So we kind of bring that, we want to bring those up a little bit and, you know, you don't want those two to get the hamstring quad relationship to, to get too off kilter. So, you know, we got to throw some hamstrings at you and, you know, we humble you a little bit. It's, it's just like you, like you said, you get used to an exercise and then, you know, something else happens. So I lull you into a false sense of security. And then <laughs> right when you feel confident, I'll change the variation and pull right. the rug out from underneath of you. Perfect. Yep. <laughs> Conditioning. I like it. Yeah. Also, you just like to see people suffer. And that's mainly it really. That's, I know. I know. I called you out. Um, <laughs> Oh, I know. I remember the question now, but now it's like not relevant. But I'm gonna go with it anyway. But we'll like, are, no, dude, I'm not even editing this. Just this is. We're just going with it. Um, just we're just going with it. Um, anyway, okay. And I'm gonna try to get this out as eloquently as possible. Do coach like strength and conditioning coaches? Are they like? Um, do they have their own theories? Like, say, uh, a nutritionist who's like, okay. Uh, my thing is intermittent fasting and my, this is not a nutrition question, but <laughs> stick with me here. This is like, I'm just explaining to you what I mean. Like, yeah. um, you know, or somebody that's like, oh, you got to do low carb, you know, high protein, whatever. But like your strength and conditioning coaches are some of them like have different theories. Like when we were talking about the, this was when we were talking about the high rep versus low rep. Like, is that just like a theory or does pretty much everybody agree on that? Because this, there has to be some people that are like, like Les Mills has to be like, no, this is, this is the thing. Yeah. Um, what, yeah, I think I know what you're, where you're, what you're going for. Um, <laughs> so there's, there's a difference between like what's facts, like what's science and what is uh, dogma. Right. Um, and you want to be careful with the hammer nail thing, right. You know, if there's one way to do something, there's you got to go low carb or you got to do this or you've got to do it this way or it's got to be done that way. Like those are all tools. Like if I were to say, like, for example, like in, in my, you know, the strength tra training side of things, like if I were to say everybody's got a barbell deadlift, everybody's got a barbell bench press or everybody's got it. Everybody's got to do kettlebell stuff like that's no longer applying principles. That's applying, you know, what I like. 
that's yeah. that's my my mm. camp. I like kettle. I'm the kettlebell guy, or I'm the landmine guy. Mm. There's a landmine guy. I don't know. What? Uh, or the barbell guy. The the landmine's the angled barbell. Oh, <laughs> you know that I was like, are they working out in the landmine? Like, like what's what happening are you here? Talking about? Okay. Um, but yeah, I mean, everybody, and, and you'll see this, like everybody's, uh, not everybody, but certain people have these attachments to certain training methodologies or certain training implements or certain ways to eat. And that's kind of a red flag for me because, you know, you want to be guided by principles, uh, foundational principles, not necessarily like gimmicks or attaching every client or athlete to one modality or one piece, you know, one way of doing things. You have right. to look at everything as a tool. And how do you, how do you uh, fit the tools that you have to the athlete or mm. client in front of you? Not everybody that comes in the door is going to eat this way or lift this way. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. So it's, it's getting, getting different things and, and you're still learning. I'm still learning from different coaches, but I'm, I'm learning from multiple sources. It's yes. not one way one of doing way. things, yeah. one system. It's you take a little bit from here, a little bit from here, a little bit from here, and then just kind of make it your own. Yep. Yep. So that's always no. been my philosophy. See, that was a good question. I, and Ooh. somehow you got, you got, you got, you got, got what I meant. <laughs> okay. Speaking <laughs> of rants, we're going to go to philosophy because I know you and I both share this. Like, we like to talk deep subjects. Um, so I prepared a couple questions. What do you attribute the biggest success in your life to? So the, the biggest successes that I have had uh, were, and I've written about this before. Um, the biggest leaps I made forward were when I quote unquote jumped off the cliff and built wings on the way down. Mm. So in, in other words, like just taking action yep. and kind of figuring out, figuring it, it out mm. as I went. Right. right. I, I don't, I don't want to, and I've done this before paralysis analysis. I've kind of stood my own way several times with decisions and certain things passed by and other things. They just kind of puttered and stopped just because I spent too much time thinking and not enough time actually doing stuff, even if it sucked. <laughs> like, right, right. Which it's gonna be. It's it's things yeah. are not gonna be good the first time you try them. So, yeah, the biggest successes that I've had were when I when I take action uh, and just follow things, follow that particular course with relentless consistency. Um, you know, and it's it's and when I look back to kind of like the failures that I've had or things that didn't go as well, it's it's the exact opposite. It's, you know, the, I wasn't consistent or I didn't take action or I, I took too much time thinking about the, the plot, the positives and the negatives and all the things that could go wrong and what this person would think and whatnot yeah. that I just didn't do anything. Or I ended up putting like a half-assed effort in and, you know, it just, it didn't turn out the way that I would want. And, you know, you look back in hindsight, it's probably a good thing because if, if I didn't take action on it and I wasn't aggressive with certain things uh, that didn't go well, then, you know, I didn't have my heart in it really anyway. Right, right, right. Uh, so it, it wasn't worth my time at that point to uh, to really pursue it aggressively. Yeah, I mean, I think timing is huge. And I think when I think it everything happens at the right time when you've gone through the experiences that you need to experience to be ready yeah. to do the things that are timely when they're timely. I know you understood what I just said. Um, yeah, all the words were there. <laughs> the words were there. <laughs> um, but I'm like you, right? I'm like, 
A hundred percent. I'm, and I don't know where this comes from. I'm sure I haven't always been this way, but at this point, I'm like, I think of an idea, and I'm just like, go. Because the longer you sit on it, the more time you waste figuring it out if it's going to work out or not. Or like, that's my that's my own personal like how I do things. But that said, and what you said too, I'm like, I wonder if that just works for some people. Like that works for people like we are. But like you have somebody like Joe, my husband, and like he's very successful, but he, that is not the way he operates. He is like, we are planning out 10 years ahead. This is this, this, and this. And yeah. I, I mean, it annoys the shit out of me. And I think we're both successful in very different ways. But I just want to know like how you think about that or if like if you do think about that, like. Like, yeah, that, that totally works for us. And like, I don't think if I tried to operate the way that he operates, I don't think that would work for me. I don't think that would bring me the successes that I have. However, that works for him. So do you know what I mean? Like, isn't it weird yeah. to think about that? No, no, I, I got you. It's, uh, there's a time to, there's the difference between being, you know, you know, taking action and making sure that you're always moving forward to, to you know, move the needle, so to speak, and being reckless. <laughs> there's, oh, there's really? Is there? <laughs> Maybe not. I don't know. It's a thin line. It's very it's, thin it's over a, here. It's a thin line. But yeah, I mean, make, make, uh, don't put yourself in a position where, you know, you're going to burn the house down or, uh, you know, lose all the, lose all your money. But, uh, um, you know, there's, there's definitely, calculated risks that we take there's there's things that we we need to think about a little bit longer and then there's other things that we we do that we need to just pull the trigger on it's really the only thing that's it's what what are what's at stake really kind of what oh, it, yeah what right like. exactly yeah what's, what's at stake i mean is uh what are is there a lot to lose if something doesn't go right uh or is it just you get your feelings hurt because you know somebody doesn't like, like what you put out there yeah, or whatever yeah, yeah. or you know you you really most people don't really care about as much like what we think about ourselves as much as we like yeah. as much as we do as much as yeah. we think like pe people aren't paying as much attention to us as we think they are right so, right what i was trying to say there but mm -hmm. uh so that's why it's like most of those times when the stakes are a little bit lower uh, we make the stakes higher in our own head. Right. So it's just like you said, pulling the trigger and, and kind of getting out of our own way a little bit faster and, and making those quicker decisions. And you said, you're not sure if you're, you've always been that way. It's a trained thing. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's, it's just like anything else. Like the more decisions you make uh, without having to overanalyze it, the easier it's going to be. That's true. And I find that I can analyze things much quicker and that's immediately how I analyze it. I'm like, well, what, What's the worst that can happen, right? Like, I mean, I say that all the time. Like, if I do this and it doesn't work, what's the worst that can happen? Usually it's nothing. It's yeah. like, so I failed and like, whatever. Like, and I I think when you finally get to that point where where you don't care as much, like what other people think, like we all are always going to care what people think. But when you get to a point where you're like, you care less about what they think and more about what like you want, then, you know, you take those risks a little bit more and can evaluate it you know, without yeah. the outside influences and for yourself. And so, yeah, definitely. I mean, it's, uh, it's, you kind of nailed it with the, 
not caring about what people there's certain people that you you want their input because you know that they're going to give you valuable input mm -hmm. like that's those people are few and far between though like most people that have an opinion that uh you know a negative opinion about what you put out into the world those aren't the, the opinions you want anyway right like, and so here's a here's let me just interject with yeah, something no. i thought of before i forget it um never take criticism from someone that you wouldn't go to for advice right boom yep boom. there it is i think tim ferris had a had a quote as far as like making quick decisions uh this might have been in like the four hour work week or four hour body but he said if he has somebody on his team like make a decision like instead of coming to him with every decision his his kind of like filter is is it gonna cost less than a hundred dollars to fix if it's a mistake <laughs> <laughs> okay. If it, does, if it costs yeah. less than a hundred bucks to fix the mistake, if it's the wrong decision, then just make the decision. Dude, that see, but it, that helps having that like having a filter, line, yeah. have that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. a good point. But yeah, I mean, but it's it kind of goes to your point of like, what's the worst that could happen? Yeah. Like, you know, um, it's just another thing that you could pass it through very rapidly and say, okay, pull the trigger, do it. If it works, yeah. great. If it doesn't, then you know, what what's our next option, or what are we what are we moving on to? So. Yeah, it's just building that building that muscle. Yep. Nope. That. Uh, yep. Nope. I mean, yes. Yep, nope. <laughs> yes. No. <laughs> no. Yes. <laughs> All right. Um, and my next question is, what do you think your future self will remember about you right now? The Dave right now that I'm talking to where you are right now in life. So I think that this is a, similar to what I would um, what I think that I'm going to try to instill in my kids. Uh, and that is to never stop learning. Like if I look back on myself, however, you know, I still have all my hair. It's gray. I've got the salt and pepper <laughs> look going. Oh, I, I do have some gray in my beard now, by the way. I can't even see it. Yeah. Well, it's, they're there. Like you got to okay. look really hard, but they're, they're poking through. Okay. But with any luck, I'll have like the whole salt and pepper thing going. I'll be a silver fox. <laughs> Looking back, and uh, you know, my younger self will say that uh, you never stopped trying to get better. You know, never yeah. stopped trying to learn new things. Uh, there's the never be the smartest person in the room kind of thing. Right. That whole mentality. Just always try to get better. Always try to always try to learn. Um, every take every opportunity that you can to. You know, use as as a lesson you know as, as trite as it sounds like it's true like you know it's your perspective right you know, what, what did i do even if you go down like based based on the week or based on the day like you do like a little audit and say okay well what did i what worked today what didn't work today mm -hmm. uh, what did i learn all of those things that's important information so that you can keep learning and getting better at what you do yep. um, and just refining whatever craft and it doesn't matter what it is it could be you know whatever career, whatever walk of life you're in, just be be the best one of those you can be. Like if you're a grocery bagger, be the best damn grocery bagger on the planet. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Are there grocery bagger forums? I don't know. Like, but, <laughs> but that's like the, that's the mentality um, yeah. that, that I want to instill in my kids. And that's, that's kind of looking back. Um, that's kind of the biggest thing that I would say. So, and you, that made me think of something that I thought about the other day. And it was like, I hope that I never look backwards and wish I was there. Do you know what I mean? Like, I hope that wherever I am, I'm always like, this is the best it's ever been. Okay. Because yeah. I look back, like, 
And I look back and I've had ups and downs for sure. But like, I wouldn't want to go back there. Like, I like where I am like right now. And I hope that like going forward in 10 years, I look back on now and like, that was pretty good. But I I wouldn't want to be anywhere other than where I am right now. So how do you build a life that that that's how you feel no matter where you are like in life, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, it comes down to, to perspective, you know, and just having having gratitude for, and it's hard when things aren't going as well as they could be going, right? It's hard to have gratitude, but you you definitely still need to you know stop, pause, and be you know, be grateful for for what you've got in in your life, and uh, you know it, it's. If, if you're not where you want to be, it's not always the case, like where I am now, like I wouldn't want to go back to wherever, but, um, you know, cause things happen, like things sure, change, sure, yeah. like yeah. But what, if that is the case and how do I get back to that? You know, what are mm. the elements that if I'm looking back and right now today, where what I'm living now, isn't the best time of my life, then go back to what, what was. Mm-hmm. Right. It's, you know, it might not be the same exact situation with the same exact people, but what what qualities did that life have? You know, what values did you have? Like, did you have freedom? Did you have, you know, or did you have the ability to to grow? Did you have where were you at in your career? Why did you like that aspect of your career? Yeah. Like you, you don't create the same exact scenario, but you create similar uh, similar qualities of, of that part of your life. That and I, you know, yeah. And I, I guess, I guess, cause like, I get your point. Like, obviously like your life is like going to go up and down. You're going to have experiences. Like something could shitty could happen 10, 10 years from now. And I could, yeah. you know, that could suck. But I guess what I, what I'm thinking is like personally having the skills and the lessons and the things that I've learned should always be like, more than what I had in the past. So it's almost like a personal, like, I never want to go back there because I wouldn't have had all this experience that I had over the past 10 years to get me to where I am right now. But then again, that's gratitude. That's perspective, right? That's looking at Mm -hmm. life in a way that like, you know, you're always growing type thing. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm on board. Um, okay. it's, it's one of those. It's one I of thought you were trying to argue with me and I was not having it. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to very eloquently disagree with you, Dave, and explain to you why I'm right. <laughs> you are wrong. Yes. <laughs> My goal in life is to always be right. Um, How's that going so far? It's not. I, I'm still working on it. <laughs> you know, good days and bad days. um all right so do you have a favorite quote or mantra or anything that you can leave us with before we close out this conversation i have this is a good quote uh east side to the west side pushing fat rides it's no surprise she got tricks in the stash stacking up the cash fast when it comes to the gas my boys black street no diggity no doubt uh, <laughs> oh god yes that was amazing okay oh my god all right wow <laughs> dude that was so unexpected <laughs> you know i'm sitting here like something gonna be this is gonna be really deep 
this could be really <laughs> right. I was like, I was going to ask, like, did you write it? Like, because I know that you write. And I'm thinking, and then you fell <laughs> up with that. One, one of my other favorite, like, quick hitters is if information were the answer, we'd all be millionaires with six-pack abs. <laughs> oh, dude, that's so true. That's good. And, and how quickly I got that is amazing because I feel like I would have taken a second to think about that, but I got it. You're on now. It's, it's all I know. From here. The rest of the day, I'm just, I better do some solid shit today because I got all kinds of, all kinds of endorphins and motivation and inspiration. Um, all right. Well, I appreciate your time today. Thank you for being on, um, on the, this call. And uh, can you, like, for anybody who wants to learn more or get in touch with you or work with you, where should they contact you? Yeah, I mean, I'm most active on Instagram. So the the first page that I would point you guys to would be MedStar Sports Performance on Instagram. And uh, my personal handle is pretty much the same thing as MedStar Sports Performance. Uh, it, it, it just added uh, pictures of my kids that are pretty sick and uh, and uh, some dad humor probably. That's really bad, but it's funny to me. <laughs> uh, and that's Dave.Vargo1. So, yeah, they, they kind of run parallel, but yeah, that's pretty much where you can hit me up if you have any questions or um, anything that I can help you guys out there with. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you. And I'm going to um, disconnect the recording so that we can talk stuff that we're not going to share with y'all, <laughs> rest of y'all. I'm going to get secrets, running secrets so I can win races. Oh, yeah trade secrets that's right thanks for listening to the maybe running will help podcast before we go show some love for your favorite podcast by leaving us a review on apple podcasts then stay tuned for next week where we will hear from philly race director kathleen titus and you've got to lead your life people don't lead their lives they live their lives mm -hmm. but really how many of you really lead it's like oh i wish i could do that i was like go do it go right. do it Tune in next time to hear more from this fierce female. You don't want to miss her powerful message and inspiring energy. Keep running, keep inspiring, and keep sharing how maybe running will help. Have a great run, everybody. Jap, you can't ignore it. I'm transforming now, these cars and planes. I'm always boarding. Just out touring down in Charlotte, like I play for Hornets. When I'm performing, never boring. Now you can't afford it. Champagne, Perrier. Finish friends on my face. Looking like I'm from the deep. These no Cartier. Pockets deep, 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 bro. I can make it in my seat, bro. Do you and do me, bro. Making noise, use a
news, tell them read it Been the one since the fetus Don't sleep on me, Tempur-Pedic That's a no, no, no Spending dope for no reason Got a ball head, Mr. Cleaner Heard the big bags overseas, then We gon' go 